Um, you know, I, I can relate to people. I was literally selling products out of the trunk of my car in Target parking lots in LA. So wow. I understand the grind, if you will, and that just getting out there and not really knowing direction on what you're doing, but you're getting up every day trying to make something happen. So I get that piece of it and I can really relate to people um, that are in those positions. How's it going, guys? And welcome to another episode of Secrets to Silent Success. Today, we have the one and only Vanessa Woods-White of iDrive Business Consulting. How are you doing this afternoon? <laughs> I am doing great. Thanks so much for having me today. Absolutely. So we'll jump right into it. Tell me a little bit about managing life when it comes to business, right? You talk about, you know, working nine to fives, being in corporate America or being entrepreneurs while also being a wife, a mother, all of that good stuff. It's a lot of stress involved, right? So tell me a little bit about how you manage and some of your thoughts and mindsets around it. Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. You know, <laughs> each day is different. Sure. So with that in mind, I take that approach. Every day I wake up, it's different. So I set the tone, you know, in the day. I do my prayer in the morning. Mm -hmm. Just kind of get my mindset right before I literally go out of the bedroom and conquer whatever is ahead of me that day. Sure. Whether it's clients, family obligations, wife obligations, sure, whatever sure. that may be. That's really, really how I approach every day. Gotcha, gotcha. So what does that, that routine look like? You say, hey, I get my mind right. Is that meditation? Is that reading? I know you mentioned prayer. Yeah. What are some of those tactical things that you're doing to help you, ta to, to help you tackle the day, if you will? All of the above that you just okay. mentioned. <laughs> All so, right. you know, I have my devotion in the morning. Yep. I spend about 15 minutes there. I am a routine coffee drinker. So okay. that is part of the routine every day. Just, I don't know, something about it that just settles my spirit okay. in the morning when I have my coffee. But it's really about that devotion of the day. Um, I have several devotion books. Um, okay. So depending on which one I'm in for that week, mm -hmm. uh, I use the devotion of the day. I have yep. my coffee and I just sit there and I take in the word every morning. Gotcha, gotcha. To go a little bit granular on like, logistics of it all mom wife entrepreneur how do you time manage i know for me i'm like i wish there were 26 27 hours yes. in a day because 24 sometimes didn't yeah. feel like enough how do you time manage to do everything at a high level yeah i chunk times so if i'm you know, creating content, for instance. Mm -hmm. I know on Monday, that's from 12 to 3. And then, you know, if I'm cooking dinner, I do a lot of meal prep during the week. So that okay. really helps with meals. So I don't have to worry about cooking every day. So I do a lot of meal prep on Sundays and Wednesdays. Okay. Those are like <laughs> my biggest meal prep days. And that really kind of gets us through the week. Yep. Um, but it's really about chunking time and really um, not overwhelming myself because I used to do that. Got you, got you. So let's talk a little bit about your transition. We can talk about transitioning from nine to five entrepreneurship, but first let's talk about the moving transition, right? Mm. So you were on the West Coast, moved to Dallas about five years ago. Tell me about that transition. Sure. Well, we initially uh, moved here. My husband's job moved to the Dallas area. Sure. Um, so of course I had to be here, right? I couldn't stay behind. <laughs> so with that being said, you know, it was, it was a, an adjustment, mm -hmm. quite frankly. Um, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, so that's all I knew. Sure. I didn't know anything different. So I really felt like a fish out of water mm -hmm. when I got here. You know, I had no connections. I did have, you know, all my childhood friends were at home. Yep, so yep. I really had to uh, force myself to immerse into the city and get to know people. So I started finding networking events on Eventbrite and things like that so I can build relationships and create new networks because this is where I'm going to be. Gosh, you got you. So doing that 
talking about it sounds easy, but mm-hmm. I know that it's extremely hard to step out of that comfort zone, to be uncomfortable, to yeah. be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about what you were thinking during that time. Hey, I've moved to a new city. <laughs> I don't know anyone on my friends, family back home, right. but I need to get out there, right, mm-hmm. uh, professionally. What is that mindset like, and what lets you to actually take that step and to yeah. get out there and network? You know, I'll be honest. The first six months was tough. Sure. Um, you know, again, selling to a new home. Um, we were newly married. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> okay, we were okay. newly married. So there was a lot of new in my life. So, you know, I, w- I had a routine at home. You know, I get up, I go to work. I knew mm-hmm. I was going to sit in traffic in L.A. <laughs> here I didn't have that routine. So I literally had to create a routine every day. And that okay. was tough. Um, but, again, it's a mindset shift. So me knowing that this is where I'm going to be, I need to get established. I need to get rooted. But it was tough. Those first six months was yeah. Ooh, we. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it was tough, but, um, you know, every day was a, is a challenge, right. For me during that first six months. Sure. Um, but after a while I started getting a rhythm again, I was making friends. Um, mm-hmm. I was creating professional uh, collaborations and those connections. So it got a little easier over time, mm-hmm. but those first six months, like I said, were tough. Sure. Sure. So thinking about someone who may be planted in a new environment, whether that's a college student going off to college or whether that's like you said, following your spouse to mm-hmm. their new city where they're working or Hey, maybe you grew up in a small town. You want to move to a bigger city. A lot of people moving sure. from Texas to LA, right? The mm-hmm. opposite. What advice would you give someone to, you know, go through that transition? I know you said six months was tough for you, but what's some 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 things that an individual can do to help ease that transition? You know, I would say look into things even before you get to the city. So, you know, kind of finding out what's around, if there's some professional groups or networking events that you can even start to build some sort of contact with. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's not so unfamiliar when you get started. I would say start mapping things out ahead of time. I didn't do a good job of that, which is why I felt like the the fish out of water. So if you can do a little bit of that ahead of time, I think that'll make the transition a little bit smoother. Gotcha, Yeah. So talking about transitions, you also transitioned from nine to five Mm -hmm. to business owner. Tell me a little bit about that transition and some of the first businesses that you had. Yeah, sure. So I took my side hustle with me when I came here. So I was a professional uh, human resources executive. Mm -hmm. That's what I did for 23 years before moving here. So that was a big change. change. So when I got here, you know, we decided, and I say we, because it was a joint decision with my husband and I um, to take my side hustle Mm -hmm. and really create a true business out of it. Um, One thing about Dallas is it is, entrepreneurial spirited throughout the Mm -hmm. city so as I began to meet people and tell them about what I was doing they would you know give me other resources connect me with other people that could really help to drive the business Um, one of my key contacts I made very early on was uh, with she's now a friend I can call her friend Uh, she has connections with pop-up shops throughout the city so I began to do the pop-up shops Mm -hmm. and the product sales took off from there Yeah. yeah so that's really kind of how that got going so when that started looking great I said okay maybe we can really do this yeah you know full time and we took the leap of faith and we did it that's you so yeah tell me a little bit about your business about your products mm-hmm. what you were doing and yeah. about the pop-up shots how you had success and then tell me about the mindset of taking it from a side hustle 
to a full-fledged business because most people never made that transition. Oh boy. You kind of get stuck in the mm-hmm. side hustle. So I want to get to there because that's the yep, good part. Yep, but tell yep, me yep. a little bit about your about the business that you sure. created when you first got here. Yeah, so it's called a Divine Perfection Body Care. It is all self-care products for men and women. Mm-hmm. Uh, so body care products that are vegan, uh, cruelty-free, paraben-free. So everything from body scrubs to body butters, body yep. wash. I've um, included a men's line since I've been here in Dallas. Awesome, so awesome. great beard grooming <laughs> products, uh, great soaps and shower gels mm-hmm. for men too so it is that and more um we've even branched out into apparel journals anything that can be included into a lifestyle of self-care that's what we've created sure sure so before we go to the self-care portion because that's Mm -hmm. huge uh talking about that mindset shift from this is a side hustle to this is what i do full time this Mm -hmm. is going to sustain me sustain the family sustain the bills so on and so forth how did that transition take place and what was the, the mindset shift? You know, it's easier said than done. Absolutely. You know, when people, you know, things look great on social media and they look easy and you see people saying they're bringing in these thousands mm-hmm. of dollars Be a your month. own boss. All that Be your stuff. own boss. Um, <laughs> but being your own boss comes with a cost. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you're, you know, I'm working probably harder now than ever but it's different because it's something you're passionate about sure and i think that goes along with the mindset piece if it's something you truly believe in something you really enjoy doing um and even do without getting a paycheck to Mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. that's worth it um so that mindset really comes from um I think my entire life, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I've always had a desire to do more than what I was currently doing. So it's kind of been ingrained in me. I saw my mom take on some small entrepreneurial things growing Mm -hmm. up. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of always been in my face and I didn't realize it. So making the mindset shift wasn't so hard as kind of figuring out what was going to work to sustain the business. Mm -hmm. That's the harder part for me personally. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So... And I know we're going to talk about the, the business consulting that you do, but I do have an interesting question in there. You said it felt like it was something that was natural to you, the mm-hmm. entrepreneurial spirit. I feel the same way. Yeah. What is your, your thoughts or advice to others who may get into entrepreneurship? Because that is the, the, the fancy or cool thing to do it now is, is to right? be your own boss, be your own, be all of the other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But like you said, there's a lot that comes with it. You're working right. harder now as an entrepreneur than as a HR exec, right? That's your word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what do you say to those who are getting into entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship? Maybe it isn't natural for them. What, do, what sure. advice, what thoughts do you have for, for those type of individuals? Get a mentor. Gotcha. Get someone that you can trust, you can bounce ideas off of, um, that will be truthful with you, reel you in when you're going too far. You know, this is unfamiliar territory, if you will. Have someone with you in that process. Um, You know, I'm a firm believer that no successful person does it alone. Mm-hmm. They don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need collaborations. You need relationships in order to succeed, especially in entrepreneurship. You can't do it by yourself. Yeah, yeah. And how do you go about finding mm-hmm. that mentor? Follow-up question. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it could be as close as, you know, a family member, an sure. uncle. Aunt. I mean, look look in your, your circle first. And if you can't find that, then you tap into networking events. You know, mm-hmm. I, the power of networking um, I think is unmeasurable, quite mm-hmm. frankly. You know, when you look at Eventbrite, um, events, you know, online, you can sure. find free entrepreneur things right in, under your nose. And you don't realize the access that we have nowadays mm-hmm. to be able to connect with people yep. that are like-minded. I know yep. that's kind of a cliche term, but it's true. Mm-hmm. You need to be in rooms. You need to be in circles with yep. people that 
are on the same mission as you. You might be doing something different, mm -hmm. but knowing that you both are working towards a passion or something that you absolutely love to do, there's nothing like that synergy. Yeah, yeah. I tell people a lot when I give advice about how to find a mentor is to find individuals co with commonalities, mm -hmm. right? Hey, you, sure. you, we went to the same college. You might have graduated 25 years before I did, but we went to the same college. Or, hey, you know, uh, my real estate mentor, the, the, the woman that helped us in real estate was a, was an older black woman. Like she's seen us at, we're her, her son's age. Oh, wow. Right. And so she, when she's important wisdom into us, she sees her son as she's important wisdom into us. So is there any, I know you talked about synergy, but mm -hmm. talk about maybe how you found your mentors and some of your mentors. Um, you know, I have two mentors and I've had both of them for the last 20 some odd years wow. and they helped to groom my career in, uh, human resources. Mm -hmm. So when I grew up in the company, I, I worked for a very successful hotel company, um, you know, they actually saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. That's important. So those were people that tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, do you want to come work for me? Um, mm. That mentor I just talked to two weeks ago, yeah, literally awesome. over 20 years. Um, and they're more than mentors. They're friends now yeah. uh, and family because we have gone through things together. Um, but these were two people that I actually worked for. Sure. And, you know, it just kind of naturally happened that they helped to groom my career. So I was very blessed in that way that I had people that saw something in me mm -hmm. that I hadn't realized yet in myself. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. You can't be what you can't see. And sometimes you can't be what you don't know. Absolutely. Right? You don't know what you don't know, but somebody can show you like, hey, it's, it's all about coaching, right? Which Absolutely. We'll, which we'll get to. <laughs> we'll get to, right? So before we, before we get to the coaching part of things, self-care. Yeah. It's huge, especially in today's turbulent times, whether you're mm -hmm. talking about social injustice, whether you're talking about the economy, or you're just talking about the demands of work-life balance, right? Mm -hmm. Having self-care is important. So talk to me a little bit about how you got into the self-care industry, if you will, <laughs> and the importance of self-care. By accident. So let me tell you what happened. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I was practicing self-care, if you will, before sure. it became trendy. Mm -hmm. I'm talking, this was, you know, mid-90s. Okay. And um, I was a single mom busy trying to grow that career mm -hmm. and I was coming home and I was literally exhausted every day mentally physically mm. emotionally all of it but I knew that my daughter deserved a great mom sure you know and I motherhood was probably the best job I ever had by the way mm -hmm. um but you know I would I had to get myself together when I came home because it was showtime for her sure. you know she hadn't seen me all day so my routine was Give mommy 10 minutes and I would go in the bathroom and just kind of regroup, mm -hmm. pray, get myself together. So when I opened that door, I could be the best mom for her sure. when I, you know, walked out. So my bathroom became my tranquil space. Mm -hmm. Little did I know, you know, those long showers, those baths, the weekends she was away with her dad. Those were my times for self-care. And I didn't realize that's what I was doing. I just knew I needed a minute to get myself together. Sure. But that's how it happened. That's how it started. Um, and I started making candles just kind of as a hobby mm -hmm. and it grew from there that was the very first product i ever made was candles so you talked about starting off with those candles you have moved over everything now to even having uh apparel yes so tell me about having a product-based business because that's a totally different monster than having a service-based business Absolutely. right with inventory and things of that nature so what are some of the things or advice you would give to others who are trying to get into a product-based business you know, probably the biggest lesson I learned, you know, I built my business out of necessity, sure. right? Needed extra money. I did what I thought was the best. I did what I thought people wanted. I would recommend find out what people want. Sure. Focus <laughs> do, group. Do your market research. <laughs> yep. That way, when you're um, launching a product, 
you know that you're reaching the right people. Sure. I didn't have a target customer then. I didn't have, you know, the ideal person in mind. I was just trying to move product and make some money to pay some bills. Sure, sure. You know, but if you're starting out now, my recommendation, do your market research. Find out what exactly people are going to need and or want. What problem can you solve for people? Um, that's the biggest thing because if you're just throwing something together or throwing it out there, you don't really know what's going to work and what's not. And then you don't want to go through the feeling of defeat, yep. get discouraged because whatever you did didn't work. Sure. So do the market research up front. It will save you so much time, money, <laughs> energy, stress, and everything on the back end. Yeah. So tell me two things. How do you do that market research? Mm -hmm. What are some of your steps and keys to doing that market research and then part two of the question I can ask it again if we forget about it you talked about you started your business out of necessity right mm -hmm. it's it's a really powerful thing to have leverage when you don't have to have a business out of necessity so we'll talk about that second but first yes. how do you do that market research you know what I what I currently do now lessons learned sure. right <laughs> you know I find out now that I have my ideal customer number one who is that who are you trying to sell to yep. um what are the things that trigger them? What makes them tick? Where are they hanging out? What are they currently buying? Mm -hmm. You know, really drawing up, if you will, this ideal person to create the product that will support their needs, mm -hmm. their problems, if you will, sure. and create something that will make a difference to them. Because at the end of the day, you can sell whatever you want, but if it's not impacting people, then it's all for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I tell a lot of expiring entrepreneurs you don't have a business that you have someone to pay you for what you do or, or what you make yep. right so you got to make sure that what you're doing or what you're making is appealing to them Absolutely. it doesn't matter about your fancy business plan your website <laughs> your business cards if you're not making something that someone wants it's it's all you know in vain if you will Absolutely. i think something that you said was really powerful the the idea that when you started your business you did it out of necessity for mm -hmm. me as well i started the business and i needed to make a check that week to pay the rent that Absolutely. week as well, right? <laughs> but I also feel that as for inspiring entrepreneurs, if you have that leverage to be able to have a nine to five and to be able to start that side hustle mm -hmm. to be able to get your ideal client, because a lot of times you get bad clients because you need the money, Absolutely. right? And it starts to kind of have a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about how aspiring entrepreneurs can build that leverage to be able to have the ability to to get that ideal client and they're not fishing and taking whatever they can get. Yeah, I think, you know, you said something key too, if you've got the nine to five. Yep. I, I encourage people, don't leave your nine to five right away. You know, get things under your belt, find mm -hmm. out who it is that you're targeting um, and leverage it that way. So sure. if you still have your nine to five, I, I know we hear so much, you know, <laughs> walk away from your nine to five. Yep. I am not an advocate of that, um, not right away at least. I think you need to make sure you've got the foundation set, um, kind of some things tested out. I'm a, I'm a firm believer of testing things out, testing a concept, testing an idea mm -hmm. um, before fully launching it ahead. Because again, sure. you don't want to do it all for nothing, only to be discouraged and feeling defeated later. Sure, sure. And I know everybody's situation is unique and different, mm -hmm. but is there some, you know, foundation keys to know when you're ready to leave that nine to five? Is it a certain amount you should have in your savings? Should it be, hey, your your business needs to be grossing what you make at your company a month? <laughs> what is just some, I know, it, it, it I varies, know. right? It, it, it varies. Does. But what are some ideas that to know, okay, maybe I am ready to make that transition because some people will get analysis by paralysis and never right. leave the nine to five, which is, could be as detrimental as leaving too soon, mm -hmm. right? So what are some things that people would know, hey, maybe it is time yeah. to make that transition? 
Yep, and you're right. It will vary, especially depending on the type of business you have, yep. the ticket price of your business, yep. because you could sell one thing at $5,000. You, you triple that two, three times in a month, then you might be okay. Yep. But I, again, it goes back to that testing. You know, can, is this something that can be sold over and over? Mm-hmm. Is this something that people will buy over and over, you know, spend with you over and over? So I think you've got to create a model and test it out to see, how, how many of these do I need to sell per month to make X, Y, and Z? So getting those numbers and having an idea of that up front, I think will give you a true idea of when, when it's okay to walk away. Yeah. When you can pay your bills comfortably. Now, no one's ever going to be in that ideal situation, right? Sure, sure. Because entrepreneurship is ongoing. But I think you've really got to have the foundation set. And if you've got support behind that, that's even better. But I say never walk away blindly from your nine to five until you know that you can sell your product and or service over and over. Gotcha, gotcha. I guess insight, but also advice for those entrepreneurs who, okay, I've left the nine to five. Mm -hmm. I'm in entrepreneurship. One of the first things I learned about entrepreneurship is the volatility of the income you get every month. You may make $15,000 in month one and like $15 in month two. And for some people, that's that's, that's jarring because you're used to a consistent paycheck. What advice do you have for entrepreneurs for dealing with that volatility and the amount of income you may bring in from month to month? Um, you know, passive income is real. Okay. So <laughs> it is. If, if you can do other things that don't require you to be so present in those yep. to where you can still kind of wake up to some money, maybe it's not an extra, you know, $5,000 every day, mm-hmm. but you're getting $100 here, $100 there. Those are things to me um, that in the long run will help you stay afloat in the business. So if you can find ways to create passive income, whether that's, you know, you're doing KDP books on Amazon mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. Um, you know, affiliate links with other product lines, whatever that may be, um, you know, those are great ways to bring in extra income mm-hmm. while you're working your business. Yeah, the multiple Due to that income. volatility, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. multiple streams of income, got it. Got it. So let's go ahead and switch gears to the iDrive business, right? right. So tell me a little bit about how it got started. What are you doing? How are you helping people? Um, It happened by accident. By accident. (laughs) (laughs) Everything happens by accident. It does, does, but it doesn't. So, you know, I've been coaching people um, for 20 some odd years Mm -hmm, in some capacity, mm -hmm. whether I'm coaching you through your career from A, B, and C. I'm coaching you through a conflict resolution issue at work. So I've been coaching forever. Um, But how iDrive came about was uh, people began to see the growth in my product-based business, and Mm -hmm. they wanted to know how I was doing it. Sure. So, you know, they would pick my brain. They would, hey, Vanessa, you got a minute? I just want to ask you a couple questions. I want to pick your brain. And these were initially people that I knew. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, classmates, um, neighbors, Mm -hmm. whoever it may be, um, just kind of wanted to get some questions answered. So I was giving away free gyms all day because that wasn't, coaching wasn't on my radar at that time. Um, But it was truly at the height of the pandemic uh, in 2020 when people were starting to start businesses and realizing they needed other forms of income Mm -hmm. is when the real question started coming. I said, okay, it's time to monetize on these things. So um, I initially started, um, I do one-on-one coaching, Mm -hmm. uh, which I find so gratifying because I can really be more impactful with people and see them from point A to point B um, with a transformation. But that's really how it started. So, you know, 
it was just really people wanted to pick my brain and I just started monetizing it, honestly. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And talk to me a little bit about that monetization. A lot mm-hmm. of entrepreneurs, they have a lot of gems and a lot of wisdom. And like you said, hey, I'm just, you know, returning good karma. I'll, I'll, yeah. hey, I'll take a dinner with you and give you some insight on how to, yep. you know, run your business or start your business. You don't understand. You have a monetizable asset right there. So how did you... Transition is the key word of the day, right? How did it you make is. that transition <laughs> mm-hmm. to going from, hey, I'm just giving friends, former colleagues, yeah. you know, uh, ex-classmates advice to monetizing it into a coaching mm-hmm. business? True. Um, market research, number one. Okay. I wanted to, you know, kind of see what other people were doing. I started, you know, lurking around on people's social media pages. Sure. You know, what were they charging? How were they attracting people? Um you know, what were they saying the results were, you know, kind of playing it off of that, if you mm-hmm. will, and kind of using that as inspiration to build my own in set pricing and things like that. Um, but it got real <laughs> when those same people that I gave free information to came back again, mm-hmm. and now there was a price tag on it. Sure. It got real. So people were like, wait a minute, I just talked to you last month, and it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to explain to people, I am now transitioned. This is now a business. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I gave you all that for free, but moving forward, the price is the price. And yeah. those are tough conversations yeah. to have. And some people were fine with it, and many weren't. And that showed me who my customer was and sure. who they weren't. Sure, sure. So talk to me about that. I know you're big on that, not doing free work. Mm-hmm. And for entrepreneurs, it just kind of happens sometimes. You end up doing a free project. They didn't even know you were doing a free project. So tell me about, you know, how to not get caught up in doing that free yeah. work, if you will. Yep. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Free is not always bad. Sure, sure. Um, sometimes free is needed to get to something bigger. Absolutely. Right? So free is not always bad. So I don't want, you know, to put this stigma out about free, but really transitioning from that free is about the language. It's mm-hmm. about the verbiage. It's about your presence. Um, it's showing that this is now a legitimate business and not just me and you going out for coffee and I'm going to give you this information. So you have to position yourself in that way. And that could be hard if you're not really sure how to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say market research, see what other people are doing, how they're, you know, attracting people and use that as inspiration, but always be you in that process, but get the ideas, get the inspiration. Don't go recreate the wheel if you don't have to Um, put your own spin on it, your own (laughs) sauce. I'm real big on that. But, um, but you, it's out there already. What you want to do is already out there. People are doing it. You just have to now create your lane and your way to do it. Gosh, you got you. So I know one thing that was interesting, you talked about attracting clients, attracting mm-hmm. customers. How, how are you attracting customers when it comes to marketing, advertising, yeah. things of that nature? Yeah. You know, I use uh, several forms, actually. Sure. Um, Instagram is probably one of my biggest ways. So mm-hmm. I do Instagram lives. I do, you know, real snippets of video on mm-hmm. tips and mm-hmm. how-tos. So really showing the value of why someone would want to work with me and the transformation that I can offer them in their business. So it's really about putting the value out. Okay. Consistently, number sure, one. Sure. Um, but I use other avenues like a chamber of commerce meetings, mm-hmm. um, networking events. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to work with small brick and mortars here in the Dallas sure, area as sure. well. So it's really about putting yourself in the right places, um, whether that be social media or physical rooms. Mm-hmm. But you've got to show up. Yeah. And you got to show up consistently. Yeah, yeah, you have to show up. You have to create your luck, yes. if you will, if you will. Uh, when it when it comes to creating content, a lot of people get discouraged early on because yeah. you know you put out that video and four people watch it, or you put out that mm-hmm. podcast and no one listens mm-hmm. to it. How do you keep the mindset, or how do you keep the motivation to put out content consistently? Mm-hmm. 
even when some may not gain traction at first. Yeah. You listen to people. Um, you, you seek feedback. I poll my audience all the time. Awesome, awesome. Um, so I use my Instagram stories, mm -hmm. um, actual uh, polls and my newsletters that I send out. So I'm constantly getting data. I might not use it right away, but I'm constantly getting data. That way I know what to put in front of people. They told me they want that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Through the poll. <laughs> they listen. told me what they want. Listen, so yeah. you have to listen and then you deliver accordingly. And that's how you keep people interested. Um, in terms of like keeping it exciting and fun, I, I'm a little silly sometimes sure, on my Instagram. Sure. I do like to have fun. Yep. When it's time to get down to business, I get down to business. But I think um, infusing who you are in your brand and throughout that messaging is, is huge. And that's what people connect to at the end of the day. Yep. So I'm yep. going to always be me. <laughs> always be me. Absolutely. And I know one thing I'd asked earlier was, you know, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs looking to find their way, if you will? You said, hey, mentoring. Mm -hmm. I think coaching is another way sure. to do that. What would you say to someone who may be apprehensive about coaching, right? Is this price tag going to be worth it? Is there ROI mm -hmm. behind the price tag for the coaching? It's a very abstract product, if you yeah. will, right? It's not tangible. Mm -hmm. So what, what would you say to someone who may be apprehensive about stepping into, you know, getting a coach for their business? Yeah. I would say, um, find the right coach for you. Um, and that's through that connection that sure. I'm talking about. So, and look at what they're doing and how they're doing it. Are they delivering results? Um, you know, they talk about social, uh, proof and having the receipts. Um, and sometimes coaches in the beginning, they don't have the receipts sure, other sure. than maybe what they've been able to do for themselves. So mm -hmm. I think paying close attention um, to how people move and you know if you can see the authenticity in there and um, which can be hard because you know social media is just flooded right yep. with activity yep. and things but I say gravitate to people that are um, speaking the same language as you mm -hmm. that kind of tug at your heart maybe when they mention something um, every every person is not for me I'm, I'm not there to serve everyone I'm sure. there to serve the right people um, that is that are willing to partake in what I offer and that trust me mm -hmm. right so I want people that come to me that will actually trust me so I say if you're looking for a coach Make sure you can trust that person to deliver and help you through your process. Got you, got you. So when it comes to coaching, again, I know it varies. Everyone's mm -hmm. different. But is there some common trends or some common stumbling blocks that you are seeing across your clients, if you will? And what are some things, obviously not giving too much free mm -hmm. game, yeah, but sure. what are some things that you can do to implement to overcome some of those trends that you may be seeing across the board, if you will. Yeah, I think um, with me, the type of client that I typically attract, they kind of fall into two buckets. They're entrepreneurs that have been in business a couple of years mm -hmm. now and they're stuck. They're not mm -hmm. making money, or at least not consistently, okay. and or the brand new entrepreneur that's completely lost, and they have no idea where to start. <laughs> yeah, start so they, I get those two buckets, yeah. um, and, and I address both of those needs differently, right? Which is the, the great thing about one-on-one -on -one coaching is that I can customize it in that way. Um, but I think what, what really attracts people to me and those stumbling blocks that they may be able to get over is I've, I've shown the growth. Mm -hmm. I'm very transparent about my story. Sure. Um, you know, I, I can relate to people. I was literally selling products out of the trunk of my car in Target parking lots in LA. So wow. I understand the grind, if you will, and that just getting out there and not really knowing direction on what you're doing, but you're getting up every day trying to make something happen. So I get that piece of it mm -hmm. and I can really relate to people um, that are in those positions. 
time. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So you talked about, you know, knowing that grind, selling products out of your trunk, but you had a recent Instagram post that said, like, hard work isn't enough. Mm. You got to have those strategies. So talk to me about those strategies. I read a post one time that was like, hey, you can grind your way to six figures. You can't grind your way to seven figures, right? You got to have the the strategies. You got to have the systems. Mm. You got to have the processes. Talk to me, again, word is transition. Talk to me about that transition from just grinding out to building an actual business with processes and strategies. Yeah. Um, You know, it's key. You've got to know what you're shooting for. So whether it's a weekly goal, a monthly goal, a quarterly goal, Mm -hmm. you've got to set the numbers because you can't measure what, what you don't put into place yep. to measure, right? So I think setting the goals, um, knowing exactly the targets you're trying to shoot towards is really, really key. Otherwise, you're just getting up every day and you don't know what you're, what you're shooting for. You're just out there. Sure, and sure. you can't just be out there when you're trying to grow a business. You have to have a plan. And, and that plan may change sometimes, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the strategy, you work on the strategy, but maybe it's not... Um, you know, coming to fruition as quickly as you would like. So you have to be flexible enough to adjust. Sure. But I think starting, you have to have a target, whether it's weekly, monthly, quarterly. What exactly are you shooting towards? And then how are you going to get there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it working? Is it not working? Do I need to adjust? And if so, it's okay to adjust. It's all about the trial and error. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell, again, aspiring entrepreneurs, reverse engineer it. If mm. you are going full-time an entrepreneur, well, you need to know how much your rent, how much the car, know, how much yep. the insurance, how much your products. And okay, well, you need to make at least this to break even. Well, how much do you want to make or how much are we making that you're nine to five? Add that to your break even and then that's how much you got to make this month, right? Yes, absolutely. But I would, I would ask you how... Are you helping to set realistic goals? How are you helping people? Or what are you telling people to set those goals monthly, quarterly, yeah. yearly, and so forth? Um, one of the things I do in, uh, it's a coaching program I have, I call uh, Rev Up Your Revenue. Okay. And this one is designed for the entrepreneur that's stuck. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to look at their marketing strategies, uh, see what they're doing, what can we tweak. So I literally walk them through from start to finish on how to plan a marketing campaign mm-hmm. to launch. And in that planning, we determine what that goal is, right? Whether it's a monetary goal or how many units you're trying to sell, but what is that goal? And then we build the plan around that. So how many people need to see this product? You know, what what does your conversion rate need to look like on your Shopify store? So we build that into the planning tool so we know exactly what it is that we're shooting for with that campaign. That's just an example. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a, a... Uh, MBA working over there. <laughs> yeah, it can be sometimes. It feels that way, but I try to simplify it for sure. people. Um, one of the things I do provide them is the planning tool during that awesome. session. And this is a tool they can use over and over and again. So every time they launch, they refer to this tool and this helps them to plan it out from start to finish. Mm-hmm. So they know the strategy, they can measure it, see if it worked. And if it didn't, they can always go back and say, well, maybe I should have done more of this and or less of that. So it is literally mm-hmm. a tool for them to start and finish that campaign. Awesome. Awesome. That makes sense. So you talked about, hey, you have these strategies. You talked about KDP a little bit earlier. Yeah. So I know you have an ebook. Tell me a little bit about mm-hmm. your ebook. Yeah. The ebook uh, is called Market to Manifest. Mm-hmm. And how that came about was um, everyone is not ready to go 
and have a coaching session. Okay. And or, you know, if you're a new entrepreneur, you don't always have the money to do that, sure. quite frankly. <laughs> so I created a, a digital guide that can really um, help them with targeting customers, mm -hmm. um, how to get the product out, how to retain customers. It's one thing to get them, but how do you keep them mm -hmm. so you have mm -hmm. reoccurring keep revenue? Back. Keep them coming back. Yep. And then, you know, we talked about social media and how tough that could be to come up with content ideas. So it has a content calendar in there so they can recycle content if they need to, but it's 30 days of content ideas to kind of wow. take away that stress and that overwhelming yep. feeling of what am I going to post about today? A little today? bit of a playbook. Yeah, so yeah. it's a little bit of a playbook, exactly. And it's full of resources, how-tos, timing on when to do things. So it's a pretty comprehensive ebook. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. it is. Awesome. It's very helpful. And I, and I put it together based off experience. Sure. These are things that I know are tried and true because I've done them. And that's how I built my product business. Awesome. Awesome. So you talked about the market to manifest. I drive business. What's next for Vanessa? Oh, wow. What is it next? No, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a big dreamer. Awesome. Um, but one of the things I am working on is the mentorship program. Okay. Um, what I am finding with my clients is they want more. Okay. And they don't want just the one-off in one-on-one coaching session. They want, Vanessa, how can we work together again? So mm -hmm. I know the appetite is there uh, for people to want to spend more time with me. Mm -hmm. and have Listening, a, like you said Yes, yep. listening and have even much more of a transformation. So I will be launching uh, the mentorship program very awesome. soon where they can sign up for the mentorship program, where we're going to have, you know, live planning sessions together as a group, uh, planning marketing strategies together, really create a community within this mentorship program. So it's not just me and them, but they're surrounded with other entrepreneurs and again, having that synergy. Gosh, you got you. So uh, this is called the secrets of silent success. Mm -hmm. So what is Vanessa's secret to success? Oh my goodness. Prayer, prayer, prayer. I'm a prayer woman um, yes. and I can't live without it. Quite frankly, sure. um, it is my relationship with the almighty that has gotten me through so many hard times in life. Um, you know, I, have been around the block a couple times. So I've, I've been through some things, whether it's through parenting or just life in general, career changes, job loss, I've been through it all. Um, but he has sustained me through it all. And that is really, really my secret to success. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll leave it right there. Thank you again for coming out. Awesome. Look forward to the ebook. Look forward to the mentorship program. And uh, maybe we'll do it again sometime. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Not a problem. Appreciate it.